Well, hello there. Uh, welcome into another episode of Dramatic Comedy Podcast. Uh, just kind of a soft intro before we get to the actual intro. Just giving you a heads up, this is going to be an episode that has some foul language. Not coming from me, but uh, I'm going to be playing some clips from Norm MacDonald, which Norm liked to use the F word. And so if you're listening to this and you're around people who might not enjoy the F word, uh, probably don't include them on this listening adventure. Put your headphones in so your mom doesn't hear or whoever it is you're listening to. But uh, it was announced uh, yesterday on Tuesday, September 14th, that Norm MacDonald had passed away. And Norm is a comedian that I've admired since I was a kid, and I'm going to kind of talk about that uh, a little bit and, and a little bit why I've taken this this particular celebrity death so, uh, so hard. So uh, we'll get a little bit vulnerable. We'll play a few inappropriate clips and uh, tie it all into dramatic comedy. But a guy was just telling me, hey, listen, Bill Cosby, first of all, <laughs> is my, you know, he's my hero ever since I was a kid, because I always wanted to be like him, and uh, I got his albums, tried to emulate him, and, but I didn't like his stand-up, but I like <laughs> the way he was as a man. Because this was before, they didn't say he was a rapist on the fucking liner notes of the albums, you know. <laughs> As my buddy says, uh, the worst part about Cosby was he was a hypocrite. And I said, I don't think that was the worst part. <laughs> to me, the worst part was the raping. Way up high. And then the second would be the drugging. And then the third would be the, the scheming. But anyways, hypocrisy would be way fucking down the line, you know? Like on the fourth page or some shit. Like, I'm no expert, but I think probably uh, most uh, rapists are hypocrites. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? A lot of guys go, I like to rape, I don't give a fuck. I know it's not a politically correct thing to say, but I like raping. Go, goddamn! At least he's not a hypocrite. That's the worst. That's the worst part of it. All right, welcome in officially to this episode of the Dramatic Comedy Podcast, bringing in, bringing us into this episode is the great and wonderful, and now we can say late, Norm MacDonald, who passed away yesterday on September 14th after a nine-year battle of cancer. No one knew he had cancer, which is unbelievable. We're going to talk all about Norm today. That's that's really the whole episode. There's going to be plenty of people memorializing him, and everyone's going to have their uh, eulogy of, of memories of what to say, and certainly... The celebrities who, who knew him and worked with him on SNL or in movies or comedians who got to work with him, they're going to have 
more intimate stories than I could have. Um, but from a distance, I, I'm going to share a little bit why Norm McDonald meant so much to me and, and kind of helped me in some really dark times in my life without, there's, there's no possible way he knows the impact he had on, on not just my life, but, but several others as well. Uh, and I'm only going to speak from, from my experiences and, and I'll share some clips as you heard there. Um, and we'll, we'll just kind of talk a little bit about the fascinating individual that was Norm Macdonald on, on this episode. So, uh, it's a dramatic topic, but it'll be filled with some, some humor. And I think it's a perfect topic, uh, for a podcast called dramatic comedy. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's get in and, and talk about Norm. Right off the bat, I'm going to say no one has ever made me laugh harder than Norm MacDonald. He found a way to make me and many others laugh at really silly things and really serious things. I mean, he could take something as silly as a fictional conversation between Abraham Lincoln and his wife, like you just heard. <laughs> like... Every time I hear that, it's so simple and so silly, but it's so freaking funny. Um, my first memories, really, of Norm MacDonald is uh, watching Billy Madison. I was probably 9 or 10 years old. I don't know. I was, I was young, maybe 10 or 11. And, of course, I loved Adam Sandler, and, and I watched that movie because of Adam Sandler. But there was this character in Billy Madison who was one of his just drunk friends who was hilarious. And there's that scene where Chris Farley, who's the bus driver, Norm MacDonald and the other drunk guy have stolen all of the kids' lunches. And they're just sitting by the school bus eating the kids' lunches, laughing their heads off, which is a hilarious and brilliant scene. But there's one line in particular that Norm delivers and... I swear it's ad-libbed. I don't know if it is, but it's such a norm thing. So Billy Madison, as you remember, is this, uh, the premise of the movie is this adult kid who's kind of a screw up, wants to take over his dad's business, but his dad doesn't think he's ready. So he tells his dad, he's going to prove to his dad that he's mature enough to take over this business by repeating first through 12th grade all on his own, doing each grade in two weeks, right? And in the movie, there's a scene where a principal essentially says that Adam Sandler's character, Billy Madison, has paid paid him off to help him pass his classes. Essentially saying he cheated his way through high school to win this bet. And so there's this news story. And so they're all watching TV and this news story breaks in and said, the principal, up next on the news, a principal talks about how a billionaire's son repeating school paid his way to win a bet to take over his dad's company, which of course it's talking about Billy Madison and everyone is going, what the hell? And they're kind of looking at Adam Sandler <laughs> and Norm goes now, now maybe it's somebody else. <laughs> it's just like, of course it's not somebody else. It's the local news. There's only one 30 year old going through third grade again. Of course it's Billy Madison, but just the way Norm goes, now, now, maybe it's somebody else. 
that line made me laugh. It made my dad laugh. And it's one of the funniest, like that's Norman in essence. He had a way of just making everything hilarious. Billy Madison was a hilarious movie without Norm, but Norm added those one, a couple lines and it made it that much more funny. And so as a kid, I remember that tall, goofy guy with curly hair that was reading the fake news on Saturday Night Live was hilarious. And so I'd kind of pay attention to him. And so that's kind of my first memories of Norm MacDonald. Now, uh, later on in life, I, I'd always, you know, anytime I'd see Norm was on Conan or, or Letterman, I would especially watch because he was always hilarious. And he had a way of making... Letterman and Conan laugh and I'm sure if you're a fan of comedy you've seen Norm tell the moth joke or uh you know on Conan or he's he's you see him telling stories about Bob Euchre and it's making Letterman cover his face because of the tears of laughter that are pouring out he just had a way of taking people and making them laugh uncontrollably because he was just this funny goofball. And it's it was amazing. So why is this different to me than any of the other millions of people who are mourning the loss of Norm MacDonald? Well, as you heard in, in, in past episodes that I've done, and, and the episode I did with Austin, uh, the episode I talked about mental illness, you know that I lived in my car. I went through this phase in my life at the age of, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old where I was living not a great, happy life. I was sleeping in the backseat of a Toyota Corolla. I smelled like hell. I was stealing money from relatives, not to buy drugs, but to just go to KFC. I was shoplifting food from grocery stores to eat. And then when you're living a life that you know is wrong and you're doing wrong things, the hardest thing for you to do is sit in silence. And so when I would sleep in my car, obviously I would always have the radio going or I would, you know, would be listening to sports or I would watch Netflix or fall down this YouTube rabbit hole because the last thing you want to feel is silence. It's a miserable thing because, uh, silence tells the truth. In those silent moments, you're, when you're, you know, making not good decisions, nothing is louder in your head than silence with nothing to distract you from the chaos that you're, you've built your life around. And one of my go-tos, because it's a lonely feeling sitting there in a car that you know you're going to sleep in, in a parking lot, hoping a cop doesn't come wake you up in the middle of the night. It's a lonely feeling. And so you try and distract yourself and it's a dramatic thing. And obviously I would find ways to laugh and nothing would make me laugh harder than Norm Macdonald clips. I remember being parked on a Sunday evening behind a laundromat in Holiday Utah Highland Drive feeling like shit. I had just slept through an entire rainstorm the night before while having food poisoning of sorts being too prideful to go ask my dad for help. Being too prideful to go ask my sister or my any one of my friends that would have let me crash on their couch or shower or anything. Too prideful to go deal with that. 
So I would go park behind a laundromat because I could tap into the laundromat's Wi-Fi. Pardon the noise of the trucks going by. Um, and I just went down this Norm MacDonald rabbit hole. And I would watch these 30-minute YouTube clips, and it was all from his weekend update jokes. And I'd watch him relentlessly go after O.J. Simpson, relentlessly go after Bill Clinton, relentlessly go after women, and make these jokes that were on some level offensive, but the way he delivered them were making the people laugh. My favorite story about Norm is that the president of NBC told him no more O.J. Simpson jokes, and Norm would open his monologue on Weekend Update with an O.J. Simpson joke. Conan tells a story to David Letterman about how the writers came up in a room with a joke that was funny, but no one would ever do. Uh, and the joke was essentially, uh, you know, during the O.J. Simpson case, they found a knit hat at the crime scene. And when they held it up for evidence, O.J. jumps up and shouts, hey, that's my lucky stabbing hat. And it's just a joke in the writer's room. It's never supposed to leave the table. And so Weekend Update starts on the live show. Not even the dress rehearsal, but on the live show. And Norm, first joke of the night. Well, in the OJ case, they went into the evidence and they found a knit hat at the scene of the crime. When it was presented as evidence, OJ leaped up and said, Hey, it's my lucky stabbing hat. It was the first joke he did. He was fearless. And I sat there laughing myself to tears. And this wasn't even current events. This was, you know, 2016. OJ happened in 94. We're talking 22 years later, and I'm still laughing like it's the happened that day. And that was the power behind Norm's thing. So at the most arguably miserable time in my life, I turned to Norm for comfort. And so, yeah, he was a great comedian and actor, but on some level, he was something deeper than that to me because at a time where I didn't feel like I was worthy to go talk to, to, to people and ask them for help, I would turn to Norm to find whatever comfort I could and whatever jokes he would say. Hey, you know what the, uh, what's that? Oh, yeah, no. No, you're absolutely right. That is my name. You know, when the people, when the people here ask me to do the show, you know, I got to say, I felt kind of weird, you know. I, I don't know if you remember this. But uh, I used to actually be on this show, you know. Uh, I used to do the uh, weekend update news routine. You remember that? And uh, yeah. that's where I did the make-believe news jokes, you know. That was me, right? So then, a year and a half ago, right, I had a sort of a, a disagreement with the management at, uh, at the NBC. Uh, I wanted to keep my job, right? And they felt the exact opposite. So, so you see, they like uh, they fired me because they said that I wasn't funny. You know, now, now with most jobs, I could have had a hell of a lawsuit on my hands for that. But, but see, this is a comedy show. So they got me. You know, you know, you know what? But now this is the weird part, right? It's only a year and a half later, and now. They asked me to host the show. So I wondered, I go, hey, wait a second here. Hey! 
<laughs> How did I go in a year and a half from being not funny enough to be even allowed in the building <laughs> to being so funny that I'm now hosting the show? How did I suddenly get so damn funny? <laughs> inexplicable to me because a year and a half let's face it, is not enough time for a dude to learn how to be funny <laughs> then it occurred to me i haven't gotten funnier the show has gotten really bad <laughs> so yeah i'm funny compared to you know well you'll see later but <laughs> Okay, so let's recap. The bad news is, I'm still not funny. The good news is, the show blows. Norm was fearless. I mean, you listen to that clip. He went to the show that fired him and made fun of them to their face on their show on live TV. How many people have ever wanted a chance to tell their current or former boss even what they really thought? Like, think if you've ever gotten fired, if you could go back and say whatever you wanted to say to your boss in front of everyone and have that moment to have that, you know, closure just to be able to say exactly what you felt. That's what he got a chance to do and he did it. And he did it hilariously. That takes balls and courage. And it was amazing. He did it so good. Um, one thing that I want to touch on is even though he was fearless, he did have fear. He had things he was scared of. And he was always generally pretty open to it. If you look and listen to his... A podcast interview that he did on Mark Maron or or with Larry King he talked about being scared of death even in one of his stand-up specials that came out in 2011 he talked about how he's very scared of death you think about the fact that this man had cancer for nine years 90% of a decade he had cancer that he fought without telling anyone. I'm sure his son knew, and I'm sure the closest of the close people knew, but he just didn't tell anyone. He fought that battle alone, and I don't think it's because he was so brave. I think it's because he didn't want the sympathetic laughs. But you go back and you listen to some of the stand-up that he's done over the last decade, a lot of it involves death. In his album he released, in his, his Comedy Central special that came out in 2011, it's called Me Doing Stand-Up, the first 10 to 15 minutes are about death, his dad dying, and cancer. He probably had his diagnosis by that point. He had cancer as a kid. 
So he knows, knows the fear of cancer, but being scared of death, he probably has always had that in the back of his mind, that cancer can come back. And how does he attack it? How does he deal with that fear? For one thing, he doesn't hide his fear. He's very open and honest and vulnerable on three different interviews I can pinpoint talking about his fear of death. Two of which with Larry King, one with Mark Merritt. And then you listen to his album, he jokes about being scared to die. The way he fought it was to joke about it. The whole you know, crux of this podcast is dramatic comedy as we laugh our way through drama. No one set a better example of that than Norm. And I don't think he did it as a way of, of you know, trying to be shocking or anything. It was a coping mechanism that he was fighting this battle that no one knew he was doing. And he found a way to make it funny because it probably made it less scary. And he didn't just joke about death, by the way, from a getting sick and dying cancer standpoint or a heart attack standpoint, which is how his dad died. Um, he joked about things uh, like in, in his most recent stand-up special that came out on Netflix in 2018, I believe. He has a whole five minutes on suicide. Uh, but the album I referenced before, he has a 12-minute bit about how he would go about murdering and killing a woman. <laughs> like, the bit starts off about how you, when you hear a story about a woman getting murdered on the news, it's all the same, and then he goes into how he would do it. I'm going to play you a two-and-a-half-minute clip of that bit about murdering a woman. You can look it up. If you put Norm MacDonald, the news... There's a 12-minute clip on, uh, on YouTube of the whole bit. But just listen to how he breaks down this part of his bit and the laughs and the punchlines and, and, and how silly it is. If I did, I would plan it out very carefully, you know, because there's a lot at stake. You know, you think about it, you probably, you know, probably lose your job. I don't know what happens. <laughs> blemish on the old CV, you know? <laughs> Even in today's enlightened society, there remains a stigma to being a uh, psychosexual sadist. <laughs> but uh, what I would do is I would, like, I would look at the lady, I would select a lady, and then I would follow her habits. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I would watch her very carefully, you know? I'd go, hey, I notice that every day she goes to that cheese sandwich shop, and then she comes out with a little paper bag. I'll bet you anything there's a cheese sandwich in there. You know? So I'd keep that in my head, you understand? Then I'd say, hey, I notice every Wednesday evening she goes with her other lady friends, and they go down to the YWCA, and they play basketball with each other, which is fine nowadays. Yeah. So what I would do is on Wednesday, I would go down to the YWCA and what would I be uh, holding in my right hand in the parking lot, but a cheese sandwich. <laughs> so then she would eventually come out of the YWCA, you know, all sweaty with her, uh, 
you know, her ridiculous three-colored ball and everything there, you know? And then I'd be standing. And then she'd go, hey, what's in your right hand? And I'd go, nothing. I'd be coy, you know? And she'd go, she'd go, there's something in your right hand. I'd go, listen, lady, who knows more about what's in their right hand? You or me? i believe, oh, this. Now, this is just a cheese sandwich. Why, you like them or something? What's... I got a whole fucking van full of them over there. Right over there. Yeah, yeah the, that craziest looking fucking van you ever saw? That's filled with cheese sandwiches. You don't have to have cheese sandwiches in the van, by the way. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Again, that's a dark thing to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even asking you guys to think that that's funny, but what he did was brilliant. It absolutely was phenomenal. You know, he had cancer for nine years, and near the end of his cancer, he probably knew it was time. His... Um, stand-up special that's on Netflix is called Hitler's Dog and Trickery or something like that. And he goes through this whole bit about how dogs love unconditionally. And how Hitler had a dog that would wake up every day thinking Hitler was the greatest man in the world. And it's hilarious. And everyone should go back and watch Hitler's Dog and other things. And that's the final bit he does in the whole thing. And it's, it's hilarious. It's perfect for the way that it all ends. And it's it's fabulous way to end the special. But right before he goes into that bit, he makes a point to talk about the only thing that really matters. And so as I close off this segment... Uh, as we close off this episode, I'm going to play you what he felt was important to include as he was closing out his stand-up special on Netflix and what ultimately became his last stand-up special that we would ever see from him. And you can tell that behind the comedic genius was a guy with a big heart. And I think that this last clip that I play for you, this... 18 second clip and this point that he makes to say before he closes out his stand-up special is amazing um you'll see that this man had a heart full of love and he means a lot to me means a lot to anyone who's ever heard him because he's always been able to make everyone laugh and he certainly helped me laugh through some of the darkest times i've ever experienced and Going forward, there's going to be more dark times that I go through. And in those moments, I'm going to turn to Norm. So, um, closing this one out, the outro music. This is uh, the final words that I'm going to remember Norm saying. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. So I'll tell you the only thing I know for a fact, and it's something that we all know. Everybody knows it but it's harder to act on it than it is. But the only really true thing is that 
We all must love each other.